Greetings to all my players, coaches, family, and friends on this Friday morning, September 11th, 2020. As I know all of you are thinking about the tragic events 19 years ago, I'd like to dedicate today's podcast to all those that lost their lives on that terrible day. All those who served mankind will never forget. I will never forget that day. And I'm sure you all have stories and memories. And perhaps some of you were too young or not even born yet. But I hope that you all understand the significance of that day and how it changed all of our lives. God bless those who served and God bless America. It was a Tuesday morning. It was about 8.45. I was preparing in my office. I was sitting there with my lamp on. It was dark. That's how I kind of got into my focus for preparing as I started each day very early. I'm an early riser and, and I try to get to bed by 9 p.m. Some people wonder how I do that. It's just a habit I've had. I've never used an alarm clock in my entire life. Um, I think maybe I've overslept once or twice uh, in my whole life. Anyway, I was sitting at my desk and the phone rang. It was about, again, it was about 8.45 a.m. And we were getting ready to play North Rockland, a perennial state power on that Saturday. And um, we were in full preparation mode for that ball game. And uh, one of my friends, also one of my assistant coaches, Boosters Club members, calls me and says that a plane just crashed into Tower 1. And I had no idea what that meant. And, and to be honest, I, I really wasn't paying attention. I was so focused on what I was doing again in my preparation and and that's a lesson that I take with me um, sometimes we don't pay attention to things that turn out to be very important um, about 10 minutes later I get another call and that call probably changed my life uh, more profoundly than, than I'll ever really understand because that call told me that the second plane had hit the second tower and then I realized that life has changed as we know it. Uh, I remember the chaos that pursued. Um, I remember uh, the, the staff at my high school. Um, the students um, were, were just in disarray. It, it was surreal. Uh, the first thing I thought of um, once I, I, I collected myself was my children, um, my family, um, I, I just wanted to make sure they were okay. I, uh, I ran out to the football field because it, at the same time, we had a, believe it or not, a bomb scare. It was a beautiful, sunny, warm, uh, early fall day. And I'll just never forget the, the, the faces and the anguish of the people. Um, again, uh, never forget, um, and I'm sure you all have memories and stories and, and God bless those who lost their lives and God bless those who are still dealing with the physical and mental um, 
conditions that resulted from that day. Breakdown. As we begin today's team meeting, I think it's important that we understand how we communicate as a football program, as a football team, as a football family. I think it's really interesting uh, to understand how a group comes together, grows, and communicates. I'm very interested in, in, and I wonder often how organizations communicate, how they come together. Uh, I often wonder how other football teams do things. I would love to be in their locker room and to understand how coaches communicate and how players respond. And uh, to me, that's very interesting. Um, I've come to really enjoy uh, the the opportunities to watch how football programs communicate with the shows now that are popular on TV with, with the Hard Knocks series and with Last Chance U, uh, stories about college football. Uh, I find it very interesting and uh, it gives me a lot of perspective on how people are doing things. As we learn to communicate and come together as a, as a program, um, I think it's important to understand the parallel between how one communicates and football. Um, for example, in football, we have our own unique vocabulary, our own unique verbiage, uh, our ability to communicate uh, both verbally and non-verbally. And, um, you know, we have all kinds of signals on the field. We have our cadences. We have our calls. Ringo, Ringo, Lucy, Lucy. We have all kinds of ways to get 11 people on the same page. And that's critical in functioning and being able to, to find one heartbeat, 11 as one, as we try to execute our game plans. The communication that we learn from one another really is important. You know, as coaches, as family members, you know, we have our own unique ways of communicating, again, verbally and with body language. I think one of the most interesting things I found in coaching was just reading, reading people, reading reading our players, reading our coaches, reading parents, and, and not always being able to understand exactly what was, what was going on. You know, I, I often use the term perception versus reality. Those that, that know me and, and have been around me, they know that that's one of my, uh, one of the most interesting things that I, that I think about because, you know, I think as we know, we are all different people in different situations, and sometimes we really don't know someone um, until we get in certain situations. So I think it's important that we get to know each other and that we understand each other's body language uh, under, and understand just simply a person's smile or their 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 frown. 
I know sometimes I can, I'll be even the first to say it. Um, I know I think people often misread me in that I don't always walk around with a smile on my face and, and people probably would never understand why that is. And sometimes it's probably because I was in a bad mood or I was angry and, 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 and those type of things. But, but, but basically it's because I was not, I am, I'm okay with it now, but I, I wasn't okay with my smile. Um, grew up poor and uh, never got to go to the dentist. My, my, my teeth uh, grew in crooked. I have an overbite. And, um, you know, I just, it just wasn't proud of my smile. So I, I, I was self-conscious of it as a youngster, and I just decided I was going to hide my teeth. So my point is, without being uh, too over the top, is that we just never know how someone is feeling. We never know the backstory until we get to know them. And many times our perceptions are way off from the reality of what people are going through. Breakdown! I'd like to give you a little bit of a backstory on my beginnings as this podcast takes off in episode one. I think it's important as we get to know each other that we kind of understand a person's background. I was born in Newburgh, New York in St. Luke's Hospital. Like many of you, um, we grew up in the city of Newburgh. Um, I was one of three children. I was the youngest. My father left when I was five years old. Um, my father was, was, how do I say this? He, he was a man who, who was not very committed to his family. He, he ended up, um, being unfaithful to my mother. He ended up marrying four times. He abused my mother. And um, he left the house when I was age five. Um, I can remember many unstable days in a dysfunctional house in which we didn't have much, uh, in which we had to scrap to just get our meals. Uh, I can remember my brother uh, and sister just trying to survive as older siblings. Uh, my brother is nine years older than me. My sister is six years older than me. And um, I just can remember from day one that I I was confused about how things were supposed to be. I didn't quite understand. Um, I think the first beginnings of some stability for me came um, when we moved to a, to the Washington Heights area in the city of Newburgh, and I uh, began attending St. Patrick's Elementary School as a third grader. And so I would walk from the from the top of the Washington Heights uh, down through Liberty Street to St. Patrick's School. It was probably about a mile or so, and um, it wasn't a great neighborhood, but. You know, back then, you know, I, I, I don't think we thought about it. Um, and uh, I was at St. Patrick's up through the seventh grade. I was an altar boy. I served mass every day. Um, 
they kind of gave me a, a pass uh, because we couldn't afford the tuition. So, I, you know, I don't even remember, but we finally got kicked out because we owed so much tuition. But a part of my services was uh, being an altar boy. So I was served 730 mass every morning. And then I couldn't wait to get out of mass and uh, start playing in the playground while I was waiting for my classmates to get off the bus because a lot of my classmates lived out in in in, uh, in the town. Uh, I was one of the few kids that lived in the city of Newburgh. So we were able to play for a little while before the school bell rang and the school, the school day began. Um, I have pretty good memories from my time at St. Patrick's. Um, but it was during that time uh, as a young boy, um, something that's come back to me later on in life. I was uh, abused, and uh, it's something that I, that I have thought about many times over the years as these scandals or these stories are coming up lately about people being accused of, of, uh, sexual misconduct. And, um, that's something that's, that, that's really a sore spot for me. Um, something that I really don't want to get into, but I will say this, if anybody out there is dealing with, with any of those issues, um, you can feel free to contact me, um, and we can talk. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 61 years old now and, and I'm at, peace with it, sort of. I still have some some questions and some anger about it. Um, you know, I still think about some of the some of the allegations that are going on out there uh, from different people in the priesthood, from 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 teachers that have been accused, um, from you know Boy Scout leaders. It's uh, it's just it's just a terrible thing, and to all the victims out there of sexual abuse, my heart goes out to you. I I, I feel your pain. I hope you can find peace. I pray for you. As my elementary days at St. Patrick's passed and I moved on to the eighth grade at South Junior High School. Um, it was different going to public school. Um, I just felt a sense that, that, that things were colder and, and tougher and the teachers didn't, I didn't feel the teachers really cared as much, um, about me as an individual. Um, I started hanging around with kids that lived in my neighborhood. It was a tough neighborhood. And there was a time when, when, when I was on the borderline, I could have gone either way. Um, a lot of the kids I hung out with in the city of Newburgh ended up not finishing high school, ended up in trouble, ended up doing things that, you know, they shouldn't have done. Um, I, I know for a fact the reason was a lack of 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 a a positive role model. A lot of these kids didn't have a father, uh, didn't have a good role model, and I was fortunate enough to to have uh, a, a teacher 
in my junior high that took me under his wing. Uh, he was my phys ed teacher, and um, he showed that he cared about me. And it was at that moment, it was at that moment in time that I felt that I was going to be okay. And I decided, I knew that I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be a physical education teacher, and I wanted to be a coach. And I knew that that was my life's calling. And it's interesting because I can remember sitting in study hall one day as an eighth grader at that junior high school, and I remember um, we were sitting there, and, and one of the teachers, I'll never forget him, you know, he was talking and I was saying something to to one of the kids. That, you know, I was telling them that I was going to be, you know, a teacher and a coach. And I remember him laughing and, 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 and kind of making fun of that and, and saying, yeah, right, type of thing. And uh, that really motivated me. As I went to, uh, to the high school, Newburgh Free Academy, um, the the thing that that drove me the most after playing pop Warner football uh during my uh 7th and 8th grade years um the thing that drove me the most was was that I wanted to be a goal back and I never forget going to those NFA games the Newberry Free Academy football games on Saturdays there were no lights back then and and and, and there were wooden goal posts and I can remember um those cheerleaders, I, it, it, it's in my mind today, and they would be singing, we are the goldbacks, mighty, mighty goldbacks, everywhere we go, people want to know. And I just, I just said to myself, I can't wait to be a goldback. And um, as, I, as I entered Newberry Free Academy, and I, I, I became a member of the Newberry Free Academy goldbacks, my high school football coaches became the most important people in my life and my football team was was my family I didn't have much at home but 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 I felt I felt comfortable with my teammates and my coaches and I felt blessed that this was the way I wanted to go and being on that team even today being on a team is the most important thing to me whether it's my family my family is a team. It's a unit. We strive. We have the same goals. You know, uh, the team I coach, uh, any organization I'm in. And, and being on that high school football team was, was the greatest experience of my life, except for the birth of my children. And I'll never forget that. And that's what's driven me to become a coach and to go back to my hometown and, and to continue coaching. As I left Newburgh Free Academy with the idea that I bleed blue and gold forever, I went on to college. It was a challenge for me because I didn't have much. I had to work. I tried to play ball. I played, I played football for one year, and then I ended up playing baseball. Um, I, I enjoyed athletics, um, but it was difficult to do, to do work and athletics. Uh, while trying to get out. I got out in four years. I didn't really enjoy college, and, and, and I regret saying that, but, but I was just so anxious, and, and, and 
you know, people call me old man. I was called old man when I was a kid because I was, I was, I was constantly worrying about getting the job done. And that's, that's one of the things I wish I can go back on and enjoy things and slow things down. And, and that's my message to a, a lot of you out there to try to slow things down and enjoy the moment. Um, but I did go to, to, uh, to college, got out in four years, and I prepared myself for the next phase of my life. So as I close this meeting, I would like to thank you all for, for sitting in on this podcast. If there's anything I can do for you, if you'd like to contact me to discuss anything I've said, feel free. Um, our next episode, I will talk about the beginnings of my coaching career. Thank you for listening. Breakdown! Go, go back.